Today's passage is Hebrews chapter 10. It's kind of a long one, so I'll go a little quick. Um, The first section here in verses 1 through 18 is really talking about the once and for all sacrifice of Jesus. Uh, We've looked at how the temple and the law are pointing towards uh, Christ. And so the question is, um, in what way does does Jesus Christ sacrifice um, fulfill those precursors? And in one is the permanence of that sacrifice, that while at the temple, sacrifice had to continually be made. And the author of Hebrews' point is, well, if they had to continue to be made, then they were never going to be ultimate, right? They were never going to be final. Uh, and so in Christ, we have the final sacrifice that does away with the need for incremental sacrifices. It is um, complete. Uh, He offered for all time a single sacrifice for sin, and then he sits down at the right hand of the Father. He's done, right? It's over. And in verse 18, his conclusion is, therefore, uh, where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. The reason we don't need to continually make offerings, and even for us when we pray, we don't need to make up for our past mistakes. But that means that if we have that confidence that there are going to be logical reactions for us in that consequence. Um, Verse 22, to draw near with the true heart. Verse 23, to hold fast to our confession of hope. Verse 24, to consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That these are all results of our understanding Jesus' once and for all sacrifice. And verse 26 then, if we go on sinning deliberately, Right? We, there's no repentance, there's no, you know, because that's the question, right? Well, if Jesus dies for us, then can we just do whatever we want? And the author's response is no, right? Because if you um, are then doing that, then what your, uh, your expectation is of judgment. And we know that God will have vengeance and he will judge his people. And so, you know, it is a fearful thing to take advantage, or not to even, to take for granted or to belittle God's grace in this element. And the way that that then interacts with us in the world is we will have sufferings, verse 32, because we are publicly exposed, uh, but that the reason that we're doing that is because we have compassion even on those who are in prison, verse 34. And so, verse 39, we will not shrink back or be destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls, because we are, our souls are preserved in the permanent sacrifice and the atonement of Jesus Christ. When we think about sometimes the results, uh, there's two things I want to just share You know, today. Sometimes we think about the results of being a Christian, about ceasing to sin, about doing good works. And as church, as religious organizations, sometimes we make the results of faith the primary thing. We say that, you know, you got to stop doing all this stuff and you got to start doing all these other things and that's what it means to be a Christian. And I think that we forget the need for the truth to be proclaimed and that when we struggle with sin, when we struggle with doing good works, that we need to be reminded of the truth and the power and the awesomeness of the gospel. And the flip side of that is we cannot proclaim the gospel without saying that these works will come about. Um, As James said, uh, faith without works is dead. Um, And so, you know, there are churches as well that 
will hide behind the shield or the not shield the hide behind um, the walls of theology they'll say we're proclaiming the word we're doing all this stuff so what does it matter whether we help those who are oppressed or poor or we you know think about prison reform as the author of hebrews is doing right now um or many of these other things and we fail to realize that if Jesus truly has died for us, then there are logical conclusions that if we do not go into the world and stand fast and help those who need help and proclaim the gospel in those ways, then we don't really believe um, that we are just drinking judgment upon ourselves. So whichever spectrum, and for me, I feel like I swing back and forth between those two things uh, and even amongst different issues, wherever you are in that, you know, take a moment to pray and consider, you know, what the truth of the gospel really is and how wonderful it is, how it ought to change our lives, how it will naturally change our lives, and maybe in the ways that we have not been transformed as we so desire or know that we should, let us look and examine and see where the truth of the gospel is that we don't understand yet.